can't believe you had tickets to that game. Did you rush the field? No, I didn't rush the f field. I wasn't there. What? Nah, I was in a bar having a drink with my future wife. You missed Pudge Fisk's home run? Oh yeah. To have a drink with some lady you never met? Yeah, but you should have seen her. She was a stunner. I don't care if now she lit up the room. I don't care if Helena Troy walks in the room. That's game six. Oh my god, and these friends of yours, they let you get away with that? They had to. What, what, what did you say to them? I just slid my ticket across the table. Said, sorry guys, I gotta see about a girl. I gotta, I gotta go see about a girl. And they let you get away with that? Oh yeah, they saw my eyes and I meant it. You're kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you, Will. That's why I'm not talking right now about some girl I saw at a bar 20 years ago. How I always regretted not going over and talking to her. I don't regret the 18 years I was married to Nancy. I don't regret the six years I had to give up counseling when she got sick. And I don't regret the last years when she got really sick. And I sure as hell don't regret missing a damn game. That's a scene from Goodwill Hunting, 1998, when uh, Robin Williams and Matt Damon are speaking to one another. The movie won the Best Original Screenplay for Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, as well as Best Supporting Actor for Robin Williams. And it's a film that I loved growing up uh, when I was in college watching that movie. And even to this day, it's inspiring. It has one of the best endings of any movie I've seen. And it is the topic of the inspiration of the week, a new segment I'm bringing to Settle the Far, where I look at music, books, movies, stories, whatever it is that are inspiring and things that we can look at in order to sort of push us along in these big decisions that we're making. Welcome to Settle the Far. This is Corey Garvey, and this is the podcast where I speak with people who make big jumps in their lives about the motivations they had, the process they went through, and then finally, once they get there, what they learned going through it all, what they learned about themselves, about the world, and just about the things that are cap they are capable of. You can find the podcast on my website, podcast.coreygarvey.com. You can find me on Twitter, at Corey B. Garvey. Or you can uh, get it through a number of different podcast channels, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And please, subscribe, rate, review, give me feedback. The more engagement I get, the, the larger audience I can get this to, and hopefully affect people who are thinking about making a move and aren't sure if they have the confidence and how to think through some of these decisions. I have been going back and forth between interviewing individuals and sort of telling my own little stories, and today will be one of the latter, where I go through what I think is sort of the, uh, the biggest first step in making one of these large changes in your own life. And over time, I'll be bringing in some collaborators and things, so uh, please let me know what you think. Let me know how it goes. Today's is uh, not as long as maybe some of the other interviews, so hopefully something that's digestible. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you. So... Let's get going. On to the episode. Today I want to talk about what I think is the, the biggest first step that needs to be made when deciding to make this kind of move, when deciding that, you know, what's been going on, the, the current lifestyle, the current location, the current career is not enough. And that is really looking at oneself and convincing oneself that a change needs to be made. So when I think back to my own... Uh, my own experiences, and, and a lot of this podcast is is talking to myself 10 years ago before I made any big jumps in my own life. When I think about my own biggest jump, it was definitely the move going from finance, from working in Wall Street in New York, to moving out to California and working in tech. I had grown up my whole life sort of 
believing that finance was was my character, was who I was, was what I was meant to be doing, was how I could get the most from myself. And it, it just seemed at some point after a year, year and a half, that I I couldn't keep doing it. I wasn't wasn't getting the value that I expected. You know, when you leave college, when you when you get out into the real world, you stop going to different classes, you stop having different topics on your mind, and you really focus. And you focus on that one career, or at least most people do. Obviously, that's not not what you have to do. And for me, there was so much value that I could get out of the financial world um, that I had seen for the six years before I, I started and, and, and in starting this job where I knew, okay, I want to be a trader. I want to work at a bank. I want to make a bunch of money. And the thing I didn't really appreciate was how I felt about it, how much intrinsic value I got. I remember having these moments in New York where I'd finish the job, I'd get back to my apartment, and I was just spent. I was stressed. I was tired. I was frustrated. I'd take it out on other people. And it got to a point where I was like, what is, why am I doing this? You know, I, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saving people's lives. I'm not, um, I'm not intrinsically invested in this work. I don't really care much if I put on a trade that makes some money one day or doesn't make money the next day for the bank or, you know, it's by proxy for me. I really am just doing this because when I go out and I talk to people, I get some love, you know, people respect this job. They respect what I'm doing. I know that in time I'll be able to afford the things I want and to me, it just became too much. It just became something that I, I really didn't didn't value as much as I wanted to in this this endeavor that I was taking on for 10 hours, five days a week. It just didn't seem like enough. And, you know, recently I've been reading this book, Flow. Um, and within this book, Flow by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, I'm definitely pronouncing that terribly, he makes this point about things that we do that are autotelic versus exotelic and exotelic are things that have external value you know you can be a stockbroker you can be a, a trader and there's value coming from the outside there's money you're going to make there's prestige you're going to get from improving in your career but then there's autotelic values and that is just the the value you get from going through the process and doing the work there is the win that you get when when you see that the read you had on the market was the right one. And that was something that in the time I was getting none of. Uh, uh, very little of it, you know, maybe a little was being able to chop it up with the guys at the at the office, but none of it was really in the actual content of my work. And if, if I was going to be able to sink my brain into this endeavor, into this career, I needed that. And you know, I think looking back, if I if I got back into this career, if I started again. I probably would have, would have committed a little more aggressively in a way that I might have found that. But up to that point, it just wasn't happening. And I knew that I, that I needed to, to see what else was out there. And for me, that all came about in this trip I took to California. Um, I had been working at a bank for maybe 16 months at that time. Um, and it was the second, it was the first full year that I was at the bank and I was going to get a full five day one week off, which was mandatory. I decided to take it first to Southern California. I took three days in the south of LA, and that was awesome. I mean, kicking it outside on the beach, going to parties that were like poolside with a friend of mine who was still in school, so I was still in the, the college mode. That was absolutely phenomenal. 
And then the following uh, four days, I was up in San Francisco. And coming into this trip, I, I knew that tech might be for me. I knew I was getting frustrated with um, with finance. I had a friend of mine, a roommate back in New York, who played around with websites and things like that. He talked about the idea of maybe going into that that path at some point. But I... I thought, you know, if I'm going to do that, San Francisco is the place to be. I got I to gotta make the full jump. So when I got up to San Francisco, it was really to convince myself that this was what I wanted to be doing. And I, I had the good fortune of having a friend who had friends of his own who worked at some of the big software companies. I met guys and girls who worked at Google, who worked at Facebook. And I saw that they were, they were working on products and features of those products that I was using. You know, I met someone who who worked on Gmail. I, that blew me away. I had no idea that that you know, for some reason, I felt like this this happened in some faraway space by you know someone you could never actually meet. Um, but no, he he had worked on the design of Gmail. I, I met other people that worked on Facebook. They worked on those things. They talked about them at work. That was their daily life, and and I can remember so vividly getting onto the plane and being on the plane and taking out my notebook which I still have, it's still in my other room right now, and writing down all the steps that I needed to take to go from where I was in the job I was in to where I wanted to be, which was living in California, working in tech. And the big breakthrough was that I no longer needed to convince myself that this was the plan. I know I I had admitted to myself that this is what I needed to do. And the... Just the, the the breakthrough of being able to admit this to myself made everything that was going to come in the future, every difficult step I thought were the hard things, come by so easily. You know, the next hardest part was telling my parents, was letting them know, hey, I, I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to be leaving the East Coast. I'm going out West. I'm, I'm going to San Francisco. I'm going to be leaving finance, a career that I think I had set my eyes on for years now. Um, I had you know, invested my own time into, uh, in internships, in connections that I was hoping other people and, and, and tried to push other people to make for me. I was going to go off on my own and I was going to go back to the beginning. You know, I, at the time, I'm sure my parents were proud of me and were able to talk about how I had this good job at a, at a, you know, well-known institution. And instead I was going to go to unemployed, uh, going to live on a couch with some friends, uh, having no idea how I was going to become successful and uncertain of whether I would be able to get a job. You know, I, I looked at the job boards of tech companies, I mean, much less Google, like any type of startup, they were looking for people who had skill sets and experience with software, with websites, with whatever it is. I had none of that. I remember going home and getting a book that was HTML and CSS for dummies, a huge book. And that was all I had. But I knew at that time, I had made it clear to myself at that time that I had to make this jump. Because, you know, up until that point, throughout that year, there was this itch in, in the back of my mind that, that this is what I wanted to do, that I wanted to leave my current career. And I had set this trip in San Francisco in October as the way for me to figure that out. And when I got on that plane heading back, there was nothing more for me to do to figure this out. I had set myself up with an easy task to 
confirm that I was in the right, moving in the right direction, that I was thinking about this the right way. I had gone and tested it out. And upon testing it out, I had gotten the answer that, yeah, this is what I want to do. I had gotten goosebumps on my arm when talking to somebody who worked at one of these companies, that, that this is actually how they spent their, their days. And, you know, at that point, there's nothing more to figure out. And the conversation I had to have with my parents was easy because I was confident. I was confident in this choice and I was confident that me being happy and me being content in the direction I was moving was, was what they wanted for me. And I think that like, that's an important lesson in all of this. You know, if you're going to make a big move, understand that those people who really care about you, um, they want to see you be happy. And they, they may depend on you for, for one reason or another, and it's perfectly reasonable to delay or to make decisions that are going to help support others um, because it, it can put people in a difficult situation. But I was fortunate to be in a case where my, my, my parents were not going to be affected personally by this decision, and they wanted to see me be happy. They didn't want to see um, discontent in my career and that I could drive towards something. And, and really, I tell people a lot of times, when you're looking for a job, um, and this, this ended up happening when I started looking for tech jobs, it's not about the sort of the entire, uh, the, the level you're at, the skill level you're at. Like, and, and for anyone that's a good um, judge of character and, and a good in hiring and is good at it, it's not so much about what you know right now, but it's the slope of how much, how quickly you're gaining. And that slope and, and how quickly you're learning new skills and how quickly you're able to pick up the needs of a new organization is far higher, is far more steep if you are engaged and this is, you know, and you're passionate about this thing. And I had, I had found something to be passionate about and, you know, Looking back on it in hindsight, I think my parents saw that. I, I was personally super scared. Um, I, I think for for many people, when I decided to make this move and I started bringing it up with colleagues of mine, when I actually decided to quit and I told my boss, um, other people said, you know, that must good for you. You know, you you had studied mechanical engineering. You're you're a smart guy. This is something you can do. But they, you know, this, to me, this was a very intense, scary position. And I was going from really being proud of where I was at to a position of being at the bottom of the totem pole in the tech world, of having gone to MIT, an engineering institution, and, and not having studied software, and yet a year and a half later deciding that I wanted to get into software. That... That's, you know, walking with your tail between your legs right back into, you know, into the pit. And that was very intimidating for me, I think, on my uh, my own ego and and really, you know, practically on the fact that I no longer was going to be making a, a good salary. I was leaving and I didn't even have any any job. But as I said, the passion and the, the, the speed at which I was going to be able to improve myself, I was so convinced of because... Monday morning became something I was looking forward to. I was looking forward to sort of shedding the the recreation in the weekend. I was spending weekend afternoons at home coding. I was I was saying no to dinners with brokers and going to Knicks games so that I could go home and I could get into my HTML for dummies and start playing around with a website that was like the worst website I've ever seen. But to me, 
it was a huge step. You know, every moment I was, I was thinking about how do I get myself prepared for this new chapter in my life? So yeah, the, the big, the big change though, the big, the turning point here, the inflection was all about the, me being in this situation on the plane and admitting to myself, first of all, myself that I had to make this change. So uh, moving forward, let's look at uh, the the next, the new segment here on Settle the Far, which is the inspiration of the week. And I want to talk about Goodwill Hunting. This is a movie that, uh, you know, I, I was very influenced by, and it's one of the best movies I've ever seen, of course. Um, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck writing an amazing script. Robin Williams, super dramatic, but crushing it. Um, you know, I, I, I told the quote earlier in the movie about the, when Matt Damon's in there, he's asking about Robin Williams. And if he remembers meeting his wife for the first time, when he fell in love, when he knew she was the one. But I think there's a couple other scenes that really make that, that movie so inspirational. And the one that comes to mind is, you know, after, after, uh, Will Hunting, the character played by Matt Damon is in his psychiatrist, uh, Robin Williams's office. And he gives him a bunch of heat over a painting where the Robin Williams' uh, previously deceased wife had, had painted. And Robin Williams goes nuts on him and then tells him, hey, we got to meet at this bench that's in, in Cambridge. And we got to sit down and talk. And he gets there. And he says, you know, I was thinking about your problem. And I, I figured out why uh, I figured something out. And I, I was able to rest easy. And, and I no longer have been thinking about it. And uh Here's what it is. What I realized is, is you're just a kid. You are just a kid. You can tell me everything there is to know about art, about Michelangelo, about the history of art, every painting in the Louvre, but you don't know what it's like to stand in the Sistine Chapel and smell the air and look up at the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. You could recite sonnets from Shakespeare about love. Tell me everything there is from from all these amazing authors that have written about it. But, but you don't know what it is to wake up next to somebody and feel like God put that woman on the earth just for you. And at the same time, you being an orphan, being somebody who's been through struggles yourself, I can't tell you everything there is to know about your life just because I read Oliver Twist. You have intricacies. You have personality. You have your own points about you that... Nobody else can get to know, not unless you open up and tell them. And if, that, if that's the case, if you start getting into yourself, I'm all ears. I'm ready to listen. That's where the excitement is at. And, and for me, that really hits home because I think, you know, a lot of times you're going to be faced when trying to make these decisions on the way people have characterized you based on your resume, based on the, the, the small things about you. But no one has walked your life. No one has spent time in your shoes. No one understands what life has been like for you. And I, I got into this on an earlier on an earlier point. You know, for me, when I moved into mechanical engineering, a lot of people could have said, yeah, you know, you're a smart guy. Uh, what Mechanical engineering isn't that hard, whatever. But for me, it was huge. It was the biggest thing I'd ever done in my life. It, 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 it was everything to me that I was able to do this. And I'm allowed to make that the most important decision of my life. I'm allowed to have that because for me, you know, I'm a different person than other people. Um, I have a best friend who also studied that. I don't think that was the biggest decision of his life, but, but that's fine. You know, he has his own stuff that he has to go through. And 
just the way that Robin Williams and, and that, that script is phenomenal, that they're able to get that point across in a way that, like, for me, you know, I allow art and movies and books and music to hit me in a way where where when I'm watching it, sure, not every single thing is going to push me to move across the country, move across the world, but there's no reason why it can't. There's no reason why it can't be something that I, that I come back to and I say, you know, I was just so inspired. I was so po- motivated when I watched that. I was so sort of, ah, th- th- there's something about me that life really, you know, th- there's a fire going when, that, when I heard that. Um, I think that's something we all need to do a lot more, that we need to watch and listen and, and dance in a way that allows us to, to get moved to, to change the world, you know? Um, and that's what Goodwill Hunting has, has definitely done for me. And, you know, the, the, I guess the peak of that movie is right at the end. And there's the scene where Ben Affleck's talking to Matt Damon. And Matt Damon's a super genius who, who lives in, in Boston and Southie and he works construction with his buddies and, uh, his buddies all work construction and he's a janitor at MIT and Ben Affleck turns to him and he says, you know, the most disappointing part, the most exciting part of my day, every single day is when I drive over to your house and I beep for you to come and I hope every single day that you're not going to come out, that maybe you left because you're bigger than this. You're bigger than this town and you've got bigger things to do. And then there's that scene at the end where Ben Affleck pulls up the car, he beeps, sure enough, no one comes out. And then you see Matt Damon going over to Robin Williams' house, and he takes a note out, slips it in his, in his mailbox, and drives away. Robin Williams comes out, opens the note, and it says, tell the professor I said, sorry, I got to go see about a girl. And it just, it just hits that, that moment when somebody realizes they got to do it for themselves. You know, this isn't about fitting what anyone else says you ought to be doing. This is about, um, about living life and enjoying it. Hey, thanks again for listening to this episode of settle the far. All music comes from Peggy bunker and the Bunkmates. You can find settle the far on iTunes, Spotify, Google play, or podcast.coreygarvey.com where you can leave feedback or suggest future guests. Till next time, stay inspired, people.